When the sap rises and the cherry blossoms peak and fade, some folks' thoughts turn to retirement. Yet, if you want real stress in your life, just go ahead and prepare to retire. It ain't easy. Here with some of the ways to bring back a little certainty, federal retirement expert Tammy Flanagan. I guess, Tammy, this is something you really got to go into with some preparation once the cakes are cut and the gifts are opened and the people say goodbye, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, it actually starts a long way before that even, Tom. I think the process of retirement can take years, of course, to get prepared financially and mentally, but the actual paperwork that has to be filed, that even has to start in many cases 30 to 90 days before you walk out the door. And what are some of the big pieces of paperwork? What are the main parts of it? Sometimes for some employees, it starts in stages. In other words, they'll start off by filing the paperwork for their CSRS or FERS retirement. And that's about a three-page application with some amendments, depending on what your situation comes out to. So that's the first step that has to go into your personnel or human resource office um, the earliest. Now, once you've filed for that, You're going to wait around for OPM to process the claim, and it can take sometimes two to four to sometimes even six months to finalize that process. So in the meantime, you're in in also deciding whether or not you want to apply for Social Security retirement or to take withdrawals from your TSP account. Now, both of those can be a little less stressful, a little easier to do. Uh, the, The problem there is deciding which one to take first or whether to combine them all and have all three checks start at the same time and really fully retire. But if you're in the SERS system, you can't apply for Social Security. It depends. Some of our CSRS employees, such as my husband who retired under the old system, he worked a second career after his civil service time. So between what he worked after retirement and the time he worked prior to coming to federal service, he ended up with 15 years of Social Security covered work. So he's going to get a small Social Security check, and if nothing else, it helps cover Medicare Part B and gives him a little extra spending money every month. He's the kind of guy that puts two hooks on his fishing line, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, he's very thrifty. (laughs) Sure. And FERS, of course, FERS employees ordinarily get Social Security because they have a smaller annuity. That's right. Under FERS, all three parts work together, the TSP, Social Security, and the FERS basic benefit. In some cases, are equal parts. But in many cases, one will play a heavier role than the other. For a higher salaried employee, it's typically the TSP that's going to be the biggest piece of the pie for them. But for a lower salaried employer, one that doesn't have as long of a career history, it could be the Social Security piece could provide their biggest bang for their buck. So it does vary from uh, salary rates and age at retirement that can make a big difference as to the value of each, each piece of that benefit. And with respect to the date... If it takes months, three, four, five, six months for OPM to process the application, can your retirement date occur in that period? And will you get anything till they figure it out? Yeah. So um, when you file your application, which, like I said, we do that before we retire, then the, finally the day comes where we have the party with the balloons and we walk out the door at the very last time, then it's the waiting period. So the month after retirement, when our first payment is actually due, We should hear from OPM, and we should get our first interim retirement check, which will be a partial payment meant to hold us over until the final payment arrives later on down the road. And as long as OPM is processing the claim, every month we'll get another interim check. So you shouldn't go too long without a payment unless you're unfortunate to retire during this most recent furlough, where even the 
the first payment was delayed by at least a month for many employees. So if your actual annuity that you're going to get is greater than what OPM is paying you in the interim, do you get the difference at some point? That's right. So when the whole thing is done and the claim has been fully adjudicated, then you'll get a final lump sum deposit in your bank account that represents the amount that OPM owes you as the difference between your interim payments and what you're actually going to start getting. So at some point in time, you will be made whole. It just may take a few months. We're speaking with federal retirement expert Tammy Flanagan, and I want to talk about the withdrawals from TSP. For people in the private sector with an IRA, you are not required. In fact, it's not beneficial tax-wise to take withdrawals until the minimum annual distribution kicks in, I believe, at the age of 71 and a half. How does it work for TSP if you're a federal retiree? Well, again, it's going to depend on a number of factors. One of those factors might be the the matter of whether or not you're going to fully retire or perhaps have a second career or even do some consulting. You know, whether or not you really need income from your TSP when you first start your FERS or CSRS retirement. So once you've decided when you need that income, you could start it as early as your retirement if you want. And there's not a penalty a penalty for that withdrawal because if you're 55 or older, you're exempt from the 10% early withdrawal penalty. And if you're a law enforcement officer who retires as early as age 50, you also can begin your withdrawals without fear of that penalty. So federal retirees can start to take their payments when they retire if they're taking them directly from the thrift. Or like you said, they can postpone them till as late as when they're required to take minimum distributions after they're 70 and a half. So most people will have at least a 15-year window or at least 10-year window, depending on their age at retirement, in order to decide what to do with their thrift. And then they have a variety of ways that they can take monthly payments. So if you do that consulting or take that private sector job for however many years, then in theory, you could keep contributing to the TSP until that ultimate time when you have to start withdrawing it. Well, you can contribute to your new employer's 401k or perhaps contribute to an IRA And then later on down the road, when you stop working, you can do a transfer into your thrift. You're not able to make new contributions to the TSP if you're no longer working for the government, but you can transfer other retirement accounts into the thrift later on. Got it. Okay. So otherwise it just sits there growing then until you withdraw it. That's right. Yeah. And it can, it can grow. Once you get a sizable balance, that compound interest on $500,000 is going to make a bigger impression than a compound interest on only a balance of 50000 So that's when you can see a lot of your real growth where you're actually growing the account more than you might have been adding to it by con- contributing to it. And just getting back to those forms you have to file to retire, how much and what kind of information does that require? Is it a difficult form to fill out? Actually, they're very simple. I always tell employees that the paperwork to get out of the government is generally much simpler than it was when you had to file those applications to get into federal service and to put all that uh, information necessary to show that you qualify for that federal job. So the actual paperwork itself is not too onerous. Uh, Most employees don't have any trouble with filling it out. There's just a few decisions that are pretty key that you have to make, such as electing a survivor benefit or choosing that exact date of retirement that sometimes people have to spend a little time making sure they know exactly what they want to do on those situations. Otherwise, you get $35 in a bus ticket. That's right. (laughs) Tammy Flanagan is Senior Benefits Director at the National Institute of Transition Planning. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom.
We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online.